I hope the last few weeks have been as big a blessing for you as they have been for me. As we uh, went through our series and preparing for Easter, we talked about preparing for the Passion. And, and we really were focusing on kind of what Butch was talking about tonight. We really focused on when Jesus was preparing for the cross, as he was headed towards the cross, those last couple of days. And we even talked about his experience on that cross. And I do appreciate Butch sharing that song tonight because I hope you haven't gotten over that. I hope you haven't gotten over what we shared a couple of weeks ago, weeks ago about the cross. I haven't, and I hope I never do to some extent. Then this past weekend, we celebrated the amazing reality. It's true. He died on that cross, but he rose again. He's alive. What would have destroyed us, the fate that we had, the, 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 the judgment that was supposed to come upon us, he took that for us, but he beat it. He won. He was victorious, and he powerfully rose again. And if we put our trust in him, we have hope and a future. It's amazing, isn't it? There are many lessons we learn from that, as well as many more lessons we could learn from that. In fact, I would just say, welcome to the rest of your life. I mean, really, what we've been learning over the last few weeks is not a bad starting point for just, here's the message. Here it is. Take that and never get over it. Just keep chewing on it. Just keep working over it. Just keep applying that to your life for the rest of your life. But as Jesus was leading up to the cross, in fact, just moments before the cross, there is something that he said to his disciples that I believe he wants us to focus on together over the next few weeks. It's something that some have called the 11th commandment. And understanding this truth that we're going to be studying about starting tonight, understanding that better, I believe could potentially revolutionize some of your relationships. First of all, I want to read about it, and then let's talk about it and introduce it a little bit. We're going to talk tonight about loving one another, and we're going to read John chapter 13, starting in verse 34. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, as we read those verses, we need to understand what is happening. As I just pointed out, Jesus is preparing for the passion. He's preparing to go to the cross. And he's giving his disciples some of the last teaching that he's going to utter before he makes that terrible payment. He's preparing them for, guys, listen, I'm about to die. I'm going to rise again. I'm going to ascend back to the Father. I'm going to be gone. And so I want to prepare you for how to live after I'm gone. And as he does that, and this is critical... As Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure, and he's, as, he's, as he's giving them critical information about how to live and how to follow him when he's gone, love is a concept that becomes especially prominent. We need to note that tonight. In fact, in, the, in John chapter 13 and in the chapters that follow, the verb form to love and the noun to love occur much more frequently than they do anywhere else in the book of John. Now, I want you to think about that for just a moment. If someone is on their deathbed, and, and even though literally he wasn't, but he almost was, wasn't he? Jesus was really on his deathbed. He was getting ready to go to the cross. When someone is on their deathbed, 
and they are talking about things at the end of their life, aren't those some of their most heartfelt words? Aren't those things that they want to make sure, hey, I want my family to know about? Here here are things that, man, I've shared a lot of things with you from my heart, but I want to make sure you get this. And aren't those words that if you hear from a loved one that will stick with you for the rest of your life? Just to show you how this teaching has been recognized over the years as vitally important, and I never realized this until this week. Many of you have heard of the term Monday Thursday. You ever heard of that? Of, the, of what many Christians call Holy Week, commemorating all that happened that week before uh, the resurrection? Well, the word that's used for remembering what happened on Thursday comes from the Latin for the very words that we just read. The Latin for new commandment became the source for Monday, Thursday. And actually, Monday is, is kind of a little bit of a slang from the Latin that basically means commandment Thursday. Now, don't you think about that for just a minute. Commandment Thursday. What are we recognizing when we call it Commandment Thursday? Of all the things that Jesus was doing leading up to the cross, these words that we're reading tonight might be what defined it all. Isn't that incredible? The night of the Last Supper, the night of that Passover that he was celebrating that we studied about just a couple of weeks ago, the focus of that, is so pervasive and so critical to our understanding about what Jesus was doing was this commandment that we're reading together. Christians have recognized that throughout the years. Loving one another apparently is one of the biggest things that Jesus wants his followers to understand and live out. So let's look at his words and try to understand them better. So we can understand what does that mean for our lives, okay? First of all, apparently Jesus wanted us to understand the importance of loving one another. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Now, first of all, I want to point out two things. This is a commandment, isn't it? Jesus says a new commandment. It's very clear, isn't it? That means Jesus expects this to what? Happen, doesn't he? This is a commandment. In fact, exactly, this is a matter of obedience, isn't it? He told us to do this. We should do this. Secondly, when he says love one another, he's using the word agape. Now, we talked about that several weeks ago. Agape, the word, the Greek word that's used here that that, uh, is translated love here, means the unconditional, with you, no matter what kind of love that God has for us. And I can give you verse after verse in the New Testament where we hear this same emphasis. God says to us, I command you, this is a priority, this is important, this should have emphasis over and over again. Let me just give you a few tonight. Write down John chapter 15, verse 12. John 15, verse 12 is just a repeat of what we just read. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Now, when God says something one time, that's a big deal, isn't it? But when God keeps repeating himself, God doesn't waste ink, does he? He doesn't waste breath. There's a purpose to all that he gives us. Then over in the book of Romans, chapter 13, verse 8, it says this, Owe nothing to anyone, that speaks to our culture, owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. The only thing you should owe people is, I need to be loving people. I need to be showing love. I need to, I'm in debt to them. I need to give some more of that. 
For he who loves his neighbor. Are you trying to understand what it means to follow God? Are you trying to just practically understand? I've never followed Jesus before. Or I've never gotten serious about it. What is that all about? God's telling you right here. Oh, nothing to anyone except to love one another. For, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this, and now here's the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Wow. Wow. If I wanted to summarize the Bible... With one word. That's that's transformative for some of us in our term in terms of thinking about God, isn't it? We thought God was mad. We thought God was down on us. No, God loves us. Every part of his word relates to either our love for him or our love for one another. First Thessalonians chapter three, verses 12 to 13. The Apostle Paul says, and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you. Wow, love has a big emphasis in the Bible, doesn't it? Love for one another. Then in verse 13, it says, so that he may have love for one another, have love for all people. Here's the purpose statement. So that he may establish your hearts without blame in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Now, that's just a long phrase that says, if you want to be ready for Jesus to come again one day, then love one another. Wow! What would I do to get ready for Jesus coming back tonight? Love other people. Isn't that incredible? Doesn't that sound important? Flip over one more chapter to chapter 4, verse 9. Now as to the love of the brethren, 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 9 and uh, 10, it says, now, now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Tonight, it's almost a waste of time for me to even bring this up. Because if you're a Christian, it's kind of just obvious, isn't it? It's kind of intuitive. If Christ is living in your heart, you didn't even know it, but it's starting to bubble up, isn't it? You have love for people, don't you? You care about other people, and you want to help other people, don't you? That's what Jesus does in our hearts. He says, I don't even have to write to you, for indeed you do practice it toward, toward the brethren who are all in Macedonia. Here was a church. Boy, it sounds to me a lot like what we just talked about during the... Uh, during the first part of the worship service. I know God's going to provide for Jeff and Jessica Gordon to have AC. Because we love them, don't we? I am not going to let my sister be sweating bullets, teaching homeschool to three youngins in Thailand, 24 hours airplane ride from home, amen? Why? Because I love them. I don't want to see that happen. He says, all over Macedonia, these people were just loving people. But we urge you, brethren, even though you're doing that, we urge you to excel still more. Love's not supposed to be an error in your quiver. Just say, hey, here's something you might want to think about. He says, you keep going with it. This is something that ought to be a priority. And, okay, and then he goes on to some other things in verse 11. First uh, Peter 
chapter 1, verse 22. Listen to this phrasing of it. Fervently, the first, second part of that verse, fervently love one another from the heart. Fervent, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big word, isn't it? Fervent in something? And actually, it can be translated do something without ceasing or doing something that's stretched out. Okay? Sounds like really important, doesn't it? Sounds like effort here. He says, fervently love one another in, in chapter 4, verse 8. He says, above all, when the Bible says, I got some things I want to say to you, but above all, that sounds pretty big, doesn't it? Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. You starting to get the idea? <laughs> love is very important to God. Now, I do want to ask, why does he call that? Why did Jesus say a new commandment I give to you? Well, that's actually where this idea for our series, the 11th commandment, that's where that comes from. The idea is that in the Old Testament, you had the Ten Commandments, which were a pretty good summary of what the rest of the Old Testament is about. But here in the New Testament, Jesus is giving us a new commandment. We might say an 11th commandment. Now, why is it new? Is God a God of judgment in the Old Testament? And a God of love and grace in the New Testament? Well, no, I see a lot of love and grace in the Old Testament. And I see a lot of judgment in the New Testament. Okay, well, is this the first time God ever talked about love? Well, no, he talks about it plenty of times in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, he talks about us having an intense love for him. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, God talks about us loving one another, having love for our neighbors. This is not the first time that God, so it's not new in the sense of it had never been heard of before. There's lots of different things that people come up with. Why did Jesus call this new? And we can speculate. I'm going to be honest with you, and this may make you feel uncomfortable, but your pastor is just going to tell you, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure why he calls it new. However, I think maybe Jesus was saying this. He was bringing a heightened emphasis to a long-established idea. And it's brought to light further by two things that we're going to talk about here in just a moment. He's going to show us the extent of God's love. He's going to illustrate that for us by Jesus' sacrificial love and his example and what he did for us. He's also going to show us the impact. He's going to make an emphasis on love here for us. We'll talk about that more in just a minute. But regardless of what new commandment means, here's what we do know. Is love important? <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what he meant when he said, a new commandment I give to you. But beyond that, it sounds like it's pretty important. Here's what somebody said. This new commandment is simple enough for a toddler to memorize and appreciate. Can't the little cubbies learn? In Awana, can't they learn love one another? Can't they learn that phrase? But it's profound enough that even mature believers are repeatedly embarrassed at how poorly they comprehend it and put it into practice. Friend, what we're trying to say is, if you're wanting to follow Jesus, that's what a disciple is, isn't it? It's a learner. It's a follower. 
It's someone who's put themselves under the direction and the tutelage of another. If you are going, going to give Jesus lordship of your life, what we're saying is a good place to start is learning how to love other people. It's a priority to God. Is it a priority to you? But then Jesus gives us the illustration of loving one another. You know, God's pretty smart, <laughs> to say the least. He knows I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I buy it. <laughs> okay, you said it's important. I want to do it. I want to make this a priority. By how, amen? And actually, I might even say, because I'm trying to skimp a little bit, how much? <laughs> amen? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I might have an idea of how, but how much should I love other people? Well, you know, God just has this way of not answering the question as like we wanted it answered. <laughs> A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Every other week, you should go visit that person. Or up to $100... You should give to that person. That's what I wanted, amen? I just, I just need to know what are the parameters. What does he say? Here's your parameters. Here's your standard. Here's your model. Your example is, here, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to love each other like I have loved you. That's not fair, is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair I wonder when Jesus said that I wonder what they thought of really I, mean, I wonder what they thought of how had he loved them well just a few verses before this you know what Jesus did he washed their feet now that's gross and kind of you know, big in our culture, it was really big in their culture. It was, it was basically like, you know, somebody cleaning your toilets, okay? If you just want to kind of get it culturally. That's the way they would have seen this. How many people will you even let go to your bathroom, right? <laughs> Much less get in there and clean it up for you, amen? Jesus had showed his disciples extreme humility and service. Hey, I wonder, can you picture in your mind? A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. I wonder, I wonder if he pointed over to the towel and the water basin. Just like I have loved you, I want you to love one another. What did Jesus do in their lives? He poured his life into them, didn't he? He served them. He taught them. He encouraged them. He was patient with them. He saw all their warts and everything, their faults, their failures, their weaknesses. He hadn't done it yet, but surely later when they thought of this command, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Even as I have loved you. Right? Later they were going to hear that, weren't they? That brutal scene that we painted, that picture that we painted of the cross. That's how I am to love other people. Somebody has said he had loved them without reservation 
Somebody said unconditional just a while ago. Without reservation and without limit. And he expected them to do the same. You know, as I was preparing this week, it just hit me. Do I really love people like that? That I would humble myself and willingly volunteer to be a servant in their lives. That I would put their needs and their interests above my own. That I would love them like family and be committed to them no matter what. That I would even be willing to die for them. I mean, that, that's almost unheard of, isn't it? And I'm just going to be real honest with you. As I thought about this this week, here's what kind of came to my mind. I'm afraid that I found a way to be fairly Christian looking that meets the standards of most but doesn't go as far as Jesus would go. What do you guys think? He gave us an example. The example of what loving one another really means. Do you need to grow towards that tonight? Yeah, I think so. Then finally, the impact of loving one another. In verse 35, Jesus says, By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you do what we've described tonight. Now, I want you to notice something in this verse. As we've talked about loving one another, we've sort of talked about it in a general way, okay? Loving one another means loving other people. But actually, and now certainly God wants us to love all people. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12, did you hear it when I read it? He says, hey, you love one another and you should love all people, okay? So this is not being exclusive, what, what I'm about to say. It certainly means that too. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10 says, when we have opportunity, we should do good to all people, okay? So the Bible certainly emphasizes that we should love all people. But we need to notice this nuance in these verses. In these particular verses, Jesus is talking to his followers. He says, I'm talking to you. I'm saying, I want all of you who call yourself followers of me to love like this others who follow me. Did you get that? By this, all others will know that you're, all, that you're my disciples if you have, what? Love for one another. And we can certainly think of a lot of reasons for, for, for God wanting us to love one another. But let's focus on the one that Jesus gives. Jesus says this, if you guys will get it going, if y'all will start it. By the way, you know what I hear many Christians? Many Christians whine about the world. Why is the world so bad? Why are people so mean to each other? Why do we whine about the world? You know what the Bible does? The Bible recognizes the fact that the world's in a mess and calls us to action. Okay? Listen, some churches encourage that. That, you know, Henny Penny, the skies have fallen. It's so terrible. We're just going to have to hang on until Jesus comes. That's a very defeated, depressing, pessimistic attitude, isn't it? And I don't think it's biblical. God's not wanting us to sit here and say, we got it all right. I wish everybody else would get it right. God says to us, you start it. 
You start it. If there are things wrong in the world, if people don't live like this in the world, you guys get it going. Towards each other. Y'all start doing it. If you will do this, is this not true? It will set you apart. Won't you be different? Won't this distinguish us? People don't help one another without pay. Amen? People don't sit up all night together. People don't take meals all week for someone. People don't just do those kind of things. It'll become clear to the world around you that is watching there is something special about these people. They are for real. They are truly followers of Christ. Now, to me, that is tremendous. Of all the things that Jesus could have said would set us apart to the world. We were talking about this in our growth group tonight. Would people say, man, that church, man, they really have an awesome youth group. Man, that church, they have awesome music. Man, the preaching or the teaching. Or man, they, they're, they're really, you know, they really know how to do missions. Is that what the world's going to notice about us? The thing that God wants us to do is to practice this thing called love in each other's lives. And if we will do that, there are a lot of hungry people around who will say, wow, that must be God. Like I said, I could give you a lot of good reasons for us loving one another. Hey, if we begin to love one another as a church, if we really get, got serious about this, it'd be a blessing for my life, wouldn't it? It'd be a blessing for your life because it's a blessing to serve other people. But maybe the biggest reason for us, the most motivational reason for us to take God seriously, besides the fact that he told us to, remember we said it's an obedience thing? <laughs> okay. But maybe the biggest reason is that this is something so unheard of, so not experienced in the world, that when we begin to love each other and others like this, then people are going to really notice Jesus through us. Hopefully, they'll give their lives to him too, amen? Man, you mean when, when you connect your life with Jesus Christ, you mean he causes you to do things like that? Wow, I want to hear more about this, amen? That's exactly what's going to happen. You say, I want my coworker, I want my dad, I want my daughter to know Jesus. One of the best things you can do is learn how to love other people. You know, unfortunately, many times today, the church, honestly, is not setting the standard. Many times the church looks even worse than the world. Amen? Isn't that true? Not better, but worse. Many times people don't see the church as people supporting one another. Many times people see the church as what? People against each other. People arguing, fighting each other. Many times we should be seen as, listen, friends, is anybody tired of short relationships? I am. I'm sorry. I want to be with you guys for a while. Amen? I want to figure out how to live together, how to do life together. 
for the rest of our lives. Amen? That is not common in our world, and it's not common in church either. Many times in church, people see there's a focus on me and my individual wants and needs, and they don't see a focus on others or a community mindset. Today we're learning about loving one another. And over the next few weeks, actually, tonight is kind of the overarching principle. Over the next few weeks, we're going to take this 11th commandment, okay? That's the commandment, John 13, 34 through 35. We're going to take that overarching commandment, and we're going to learn some other. There's about 35 to 40 other statements in the Bible that have a verb attached to do this to one another, okay? Some of you are going to be in a growth group, the 11th commandment. If you're in that group, you're going to be able to dig in a little bit further and study some of these over the next 12 or 13 weeks together. But here in our services, in our worship time, we're going to be learning some of those one another's. We're going to be learning some of the ways, because you say tonight, what if I said tonight, go love? Go! (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We have, in a sense, enough example, don't we? How are we going to love? Like Jesus. Hey, go, go read the Gospels. And try out what Jesus did in people's lives. Amen? That wouldn't be a bad thing to do. It would be a great place to start. But God has given us some specific instruction. And that's where I'm going to be learning. But as we do that, let this be your motivation. When you're learning how to do this and you're seeking to practice it, know this. Isn't this exciting? The journey that we're going to be on over the next few weeks is one of God's highest priorities for your life. Isn't that cool? I mean, I don't have a lot of life. You know, the clock is ticking. Amen? I don't know how fast. Could be today. Could be 50 years. I don't know. So I don't want to waste time. Let's get on it. Okay? This is, you can invest, you can pour your heart into this over the next few weeks. And you can be excited because you're following the example of your Savior. And on top of that, Jesus has said, and I think you are, but if you are passionate about people coming to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, one of the best things you can do is in community with us, learn how to love. And we can get excited as we grow in that. A watching and hungry world is going to notice. And they'll say, you people have something. What is it? And then we say, it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Amen? Then we say, hey, I'm just as big a jerk as anybody. Honestly, tonight I wouldn't have brought a meal over for anybody. I'd be out doing my own thing. But Jesus Christ has changed my life. And he's planted in my heart a desire to give my life in service to others. And that's why I do what I do. Isn't that awesome? Are you ready for that, friend? Are you ready to take that challenge? It is hard. You know that, don't you? Go ahead and gear up for it. 
These things are challenging. Are you ready for the challenge? Are you ready to grow? For some of you, this is intimidating. You have never really committed yourself in relationship with others. And that's scary, isn't it? Okay, we're not going to push you. We're going to challenge you from God's word. But would you welcome God's challenge to your heart tonight? Would you begin to anticipate that over the next few weeks together, I want to move forward. I want to take, even if they're baby steps, I want to take steps forward in learning how to relate to others God's way. Will you take that challenge tonight? And if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can't do this. You cannot do this without Christ. You won't even want to, really. (laughs) I mean, you might have a short kind of run for a little bit, but it'll play out. The only way you can have a desire to give your life in service to others, ultimately, is by Jesus Christ living in your heart. Friend, God's not asking you to do something that he wouldn't do himself. He says, I'll get it started. Let me do it for you first. Then, as you're experiencing my life, I'll work through you and others. So tonight, let me ask you, have you ever personally entrusted your life to Jesus Christ? When he was on the cross, you were on his mind. Would you think about that tonight? Would you like God speak to you about that? He was willing to do that for you. That's how much he loves you. Would you not waste that opportunity to receive the most incredible offer you've ever been given? If I stood up here tonight with some car keys and said, somebody want a new car here tonight. Look under your seat. There's nothing there except the, except the Bertolini chair label, okay? So <clears throat> there's no. If I said, if you want this car, look under your seat and see if you've got this number. Wouldn't everybody do that? How could we pass up an offer like that? Friend, tonight, the neat thing is, is to all who will believe. Every person in this room can have this incredible gift, but you're going to have to trust him.